Do you want to reach your next level in business and health? Do you need help unlocking your potential and taking action? Well, you've come to the right place. Welcome to The Lisa Pizik Show, a podcast that empowers women to change physically, emotionally, and financially and live a life they love. Now, here's your host, Lisa Pizik. Hey there, Lisa Fiesek here, business strategist, content marketing expert, and welcome to your latest episode of the Lisa Fiesek Show. Now this week, I want to talk about the big old F word, my second favorite F word to talk about, that holds people back in business, and that is the word failure. I believe that we are so paralyzed sometimes in our life when we make a declaration, we want to go build that website, launch that course, write a chapter of a book, write a whole book, lead a workshop, have a difficult conversation. We're so afraid of the what ifs and what if I fail. So much so that sometimes it takes people years to start taking action on what they said they were going to do or they want to do. And I know the time, and I'm sure you know it too, is something that we don't get back. The coulda, shoulda, wouldas, and the regrets, I think, are worse than the perceived failure. Because in this episode, we're going to talk about what exactly constitutes failure. What can we actually label, yes, I failed? I won't do that again. What is an actual life-changing, soul-crushing failure that will make you quit? Because number one, the only way it's going to be a failure is if you quit. Now, I'm not saying you get into it and you start working this dream or putting the plan in motion And then you decide, you know what, I think things are going to start to look a little bit differently or I need to shift over here because high performers, business owners, entrepreneurs, moms, dads, we got to think fast. We got to know when to pivot and when to change. That's how we're able to manage and be successful in all those areas of our life. And I know that happened firsthand for me when I started in business five years ago. I was determined that health and fitness was the way that I was going to help people. I was meant to be a personal trainer. I was meant to be a group fitness instructor. I went and got my fitness nutrition certificate, my senior fitness certificate, my youth fitness certificate, as well as the group fitness instructor. And I got certified pretty much in every possible thing, pain-free movement specialist, pretty much every certification that I could get through the American Council on Exercise, I went and got every year I was doing a different certification because I wanted to have that authority and that credibility and I'm a nerd and I wanted to learn and be able to share as much as I could because I was determined that this was going to be my get out a nine to five card, my entrepreneurial dream. And as I got into it, And I built the website, I built the courses, I built the programs, I got into network marketing, I added additional revenue streams and products. I realized that it wasn't what I wanted to do. I didn't really enjoy 
the strictness of that lifestyle because let's face it, if you're in health and fitness, you got to be a product of the product. You got to walk the walk with people. You got to talk the talk. And I realized that I enjoy a nice glass of wine every once in a while with my family and my body type, just growing up obese, growing up with weight issues, uh, you know, diabetes, heart disease, all of that running in the family. I just, like, I look at a French fry and I put on 20 pounds. So the strictness in order for me to have those washboard abs and be that picture of what society, quote unquote, says that a health and fitness person should look like, I didn't want to do that. And I still believe that you can be a health and fitness professional and a motivator and inspirational and an influencer and know your stuff and not look and fit that mold. I believe you can rock it no matter what your size is. But for me, and the goal that I set was that if I was going to be portraying myself as an influencer, then I needed to be in tip-top shape 24-7. That was just the only pressure I put on myself. And I didn't want to do that. And then I got into my signature program, which was Macros, Muscles, and Mindfulness, which is an amazing program. I still love that program to this date. But I was spending three, four, five hours writing these custom tailored nutritional plans for people that I knew if they followed it, it would work. And the ones that did follow it, it did work. But then I was like, man, I got to charge more because I'm spending so much dang time on these things. And the market just, my market, my war market just didn't want to do that. So I had to make that decision Like, is this really where I want to go? Is this really what I want to do? No, I want to pivot. I want to take the concept of how I built that 21-day course and was super successful with it and the network marketing business as an online revenue stream. And I want to teach people how to have online businesses so they can have more freedom, have more money, spend more time with their family. That was the silver lining that I got out of that was if I could create a successful online business in health and fitness, then I can help anyone create a successful online business. So that was a pivot for me to go from nursing to health and fitness to business strategy, business architect, content marketer, websites, funnels, all that good stuff. So my first business wasn't a failure. It got me to the point of where I want to be now. So I think it's important to know when things aren't working or things don't feel in alignment with you, it's okay to pivot. I didn't want to teach group fitness classes anymore. I just kind of lost the luster of that because I realized that I love group fitness classes for me. I love taking them. I do love teaching them too, but not uh, 24 seven kind of thing. Cause again, I'm thinking long-term, right? When you're in any kind of physical sport, you either a need to pivot when you get older or you need to, you know, figure something else out because longevity wise, yes, we see the yoga trainers that are still teaching yoga at 92 years old. And I love that, but that's what they did. They pivoted. They didn't stick with CrossFit or high intensity, or that kind of stuff. And personally, I don't really love yoga. I don't love that kind of stuff. So 
I knew that the high intensity, tough kickboxing, weight training stuff that I love to teach, again, had a shelf life. And I was thinking long term. And I was thinking that I want to be a speaker and an author. I always envisioned myself on stages. And I was like, you know what? I just want to do health and fitness for me. I want to make sure that I look and feel amazing and that all of my focus isn't on making everybody else look and feel amazing. So that was a huge shift for me. I'd rather teach people in business than teach people in health and fitness. So not a failure, a pivot. So I quit that business, but I kept going with something else, another passion, because my calling became clear to me. So it's not a failure if you continue with what the right thing is that revealed itself to you. It is a failure if you want to change the world and you want to do good things and you have talents and skills that can help people and you choose to say, I'm done. I'm just going to work on me. I'm not going to help anybody. I'm out. Peace out. See you later. That maybe can be termed as a failure. And then the second thing is I call the BS of failure. The two things that make it a failure. The B is the blame and the S is the shame. So when you blame and shame others or you blame and shame yourself, let's talk about blame for a bit. I believe blame is failure because you're not taking the personal responsibility to go and make a change. Like I could say, well, you know, people don't, they don't want to pay this price or they didn't want this or they didn't want that. The client told me this and this and this. No. I needed to build the value and do a lot of work to kind of sell what made me different in the health and fitness industry, how much time and detail I was putting into giving people exactly what they wanted, being able to eat all the foods that they want to eat and be healthy and not feel like they're on a diet and get rid of those inflammatory busting foods and fat was just melting off people while they were still able to enjoy their life. So it's easy for me to blame and say, well, the market didn't want that. The client didn't want this. No, it's I would have had to start doing a lot more work to make that business work. And if I felt like that was the right calling for me, I would have done it. So it's easy to blame and say, well, the organizer did this or, you know, I didn't get selected for this or this person didn't help me with this. This mentor didn't help me. And I've been in those situations where I've paid lots of money to lots of mentors and didn't get what I thought I was going to get. But in hindsight, I should have told them that. I should have gone up to them and said, hey, you didn't really deliver what you promised you were going to deliver. I was really looking for this and I didn't get this. Some of you, if you've been listening to my podcast for a while, you know my story about December 2017 when I was supposed to speak in London sell from stage, been planning for a year, four days before the event. The organizer says, I have to cancel the event. It's not going to happen. And I was like, what? And I was friends with two of the other speakers, well, three of the other speakers and two of the other speakers said, I'm not going. It's a wash. Forget it. I said, you still going to go to London, even though we're having no events four days before we planned, we prepared. Are we going to figure something out? And they said, no, I'm out. I'm done. She pulled the event. It's not going to happen. Blame, shame, anger, frustration. And I went, I'm still going. We're going, hubby and I. We already made all the plans. We're prepared. I'm ready. I'm launching. We're going. Did a webinar in London. Hooked up with that third speaker who decided to go to London as well and bring 40 of her people. 
because they already paid for this event and they're planning to go and we serve them. We did a little like half day workshop with them and I ended up getting more clients, more testimonials. I could have blamed. I could have said this experience has been, the rug's been pulled out from underneath me and I'm just not going to be successful. I'm not going to get to launch my course. It's not going to happen for me. Instead, I said, no, I'm still going. I'm still talking. I'm still doing a workshop. I'm still launching. I'm still doing a webinar. Launched the program, made sales. It was amazing. It was the way it was supposed to be because I took personal responsibility for my outcome, for what was going to happen, for what I could control. So many people would look back and say, well, that was silly of you to trust that organizer. She ripped you off. She did this. She did that. Blame, 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 blame. No. Yes, she did do all of that. But when I look back at that event, I think I made something happen out of that. And it's kind of funny because the name of the event was She Made It Happen. And we changed it. We kept calling it We Made It Happen because the other speaker and I still presented and we had these 40 women and we served them. It's like, yeah, we made it happen. So it's not a failure. If you blame other people for not getting the result that you want, yeah, that's failure. When you, can, when, when you can control what you can control and you decide not to do that, that's failure. And then the last, so we talked about if you quit when you shouldn't, that's failure. If you blame, that's failure. And you do nothing, that's failure. Quit, do nothing, failure. Blame, do nothing, failure. Shame, and that BS, shame is the last one. You shame and do nothing, that's failure. And I think shame is an internal thing that we wear. And shame might be put on us from someone else. Now, I'm not the shame researcher, Brene Brown. You're going to want to tune into her. My friend, Tanya Zipsy, who we're building a course for right now. So excited for her. She knows a lot about shame. I'll put her and Brene's information in these show notes. They're your experts. But my take on that in reading some of Brene's work and helping my client, my star rock star client build her first course, it's shame makes you A, sweep things under the rug or B, not be authentic, not show up fully as you. And shame sometimes can blindside you with things that you didn't expect. When I went on television for the first time, positioned as a health and fitness expert, four months, four, I think it was four or five months, five months, I believe it was, after I had a C-section with Oliver. And moms, you know, some, some moms, again, genetically blessed, love to hate you, hate to love you, that their body just bounces back right away and they never looked like they had a kid. Or when we see celebrities, don't compare to their nutritionists and plastic surgeons. And again, teach his own, no judgment there. Whatever you're doing, you're doing, as long as it makes you happy, rock on. My body did not bounce back. I was feeling a lot of emotion and triggered from a very failed birth plan and being very mistreated by a lot of providers. I was dealing with being a new mom, not knowing what the hell I was doing even though I had the most amazing supportive husband by my side, I was dealing with being estranged from my parents and kind of in conflict. It was kind of conflict then estranged with from them. 
And I just had so much stuff going on, but I was like, I'm doing my business. It was a distra- I realized it was a distraction wanting to throw myself right back into my health and fitness business right after we had Oliver. And that's avoidance. And what that avoidance was, was avoidance of the shame from the birth and my parents and all of that. So when I threw myself on television positioned as the expert, guess what came next? All the keyboard warriors talking about what I look like. And I did have a moment where I was like, I'm out. I'm not doing this anymore. I'm not ready. I'm not ready. I need to take care of me. I need to get my body back to being quote unquote perfect. And then I can position myself as the expert. But I didn't do that. I had a good chat with my husband and he's like, no, babe, screw them, right? Forget them. You still go do and you do you. So shame pulls away your authenticity. And I was like, me do me. What, what would me do? What would me do? Me would show up and still teach people and know that I'm real. I'm honest. I just had a baby. I'm still working on getting my core strength back. I'm going to give you the best of what I got. You need me because I'm your motivation. I'm your inspiration. I'm your accountability. So let's go. So I showed up online. I taught my classes. I went back in and I continued to teach and coach and mentor and do health and fitness. But if I allowed that shame to take over, I would have quit. So it kind of like takes us back to number one. So you got to do you. When someone throws negativity at you or criticism at you, you got to realize that you don't need that validation to do you. You don't need that validation to serve. And I remember hearing at Experts Academy with Brendan Bouchard, Rachel Hollis spoke. Y'all know, girl, wash your face, girl, stop apologizing. She was talking a lot about how she doesn't go back and read the comments from her books because people will say great things and then people will say really nasty, mean things. There will always be those people out there that, like Brene Brown says, are in the cheap seats. They're not in the arena. And when you put yourself out there, people will judge good and bad. And a lot of times when people are saying things, they're, they're either A, mean, because they're just mean people, or B, we're, we're triggering something, maybe blame and shame and failure in them. They want to put down people that are living out their dreams because they're not. And you can't give any time or headspace to people like that. So the only way that you can truly say, yeah, that failed, I failed, is if you quit. If you blame and you allow shame to change who you are, change how you show up or not show up at all. I know you can continue. It's hard putting yourself out there as an entrepreneur. But when you truly feel called that that's the way you were meant to show up in the world, I don't want to get all woo-woo, but it's like, what's that quote where they say, It's amazing the day that you were born and then it's amazing the day you find out why or the reason that you find out why. Two most important days of your life, I think is what it is. I'm butchering that quote. But the day you were born, the day you find out why. You don't quit. You keep going. You don't blame others. Every situation you look and go, what could I have done differently and what will I go and do now with this? And number three, get to the root of that shame. 
You can't run from your emotions and your stories and your experiences and go get help if you need to. I had to go to therapy and I wish I would have done it sooner because I didn't have the capacity to process all sorts of things that happened to me. That's why there are trained therapists and people that can help you with that. And especially if you're an entrepreneur, you're bringing your crap into your business. You're not going to serve other people. So you got to get over that and you got to, again, personal responsibility to go and get help with it. That's what I had to learn the hard way. I got to own this stuff. I got to figure it out. So don't let that shame take over you. Look at it and go, why am I thinking this way? Why am I acting this way? Again, what can I do to have a better outcome later? I don't want you to quit. I don't want you to blame. I don't want you to shame. I want you to show up and serve the world with what you were meant to teach and what you were meant to share and how you were meant to influence. We talk about entrepreneurs and influencers and thoughtpreneurs. There's a place in this world for you and the world needs leaders like you. And my husband and I, we would love to help you bring forth that idea and especially online. So you're not spending all your precious time and energy and money slugging away at something, feeling like a failure. We want to get you quick results, quick wins, and we want you to build your business the right way. That's why in April, we are launching our three-month, 12-week Freedom Life group coaching program. We are now taking applications. Let's see if we're a good fit. It's a like, get in there, learn everything about content, tech, and launch. Tech is the part that everybody freaks out about. We'll lead you the right way through all of those to get you up and running, to get your first online clients, to get those campaigns out there, whether you've never launched anything or you need to rework something because you feel like it failed and now you're going to take action. You're going to relaunch it again. So I'll put the information as well in the show notes of how to get going with that. And we would love to have you in there because uh, 2019 is, it's moving. Time's passing. And what you going to do with that? What personal responsibility are you going to take to change your health, your happiness, your wealth, and the way that you show up in the world? So hope you'll be in that group coaching program with us. We have a lot of fun. We love it. If not, Hopefully this free content is still serving you. Give it a like, give it a share, tell your people about it. And I'll see you again next time on the Lisa Pizek show. You've been listening to the Lisa Pizek show. For more free business and health training, go to www.lisapizek.com.